When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. fans to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast with myself Sean Basto shortly to be joined by Johnston Brown and today wow we're covering one of the biggest shocks in boxing history for sure as Andy Ruiz dethrones Anthony Joshua to become the new heavyweight champion of the world before we get into the episode though I want you guys to go over and follow us on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook as well. So let's get into it then, Johnson. This is an absolutely shocking weekend for sure, isn't it? Wow. Unbelievable, Sean. Um, firstly, I've got to say congratulations, Andy Ruiz Jr. Uh, you've just blown the bloody doors off the heavyweight division, mate. Oh, mate, I tell you what, this was something that I really wasn't expecting to happen this weekend. I knew the guy was a tough guy, I knew he was coming to fight, I knew he had fast hands, but I honestly didn't believe that he would go in there and cause such an upset like this and this this upset was as shocking as Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson for me because Anthony Joshua is this undefeated knockout artist uh, three belts under his under his banner pretty similar to the way Tyson was when he fought Douglas and all of a sudden he gets caught uh, I think it was the third round where he got caught and from there on it just everything just went downhill it just fell apart and I'm just I'm still I've got to admit I'm still in shock to be honest same as me mate um I I, I was I was absolutely baffled. Um, it, it was, I mean, yeah, he showed fast hands. Uh, he's got a good agility for for a guy of his build. Um, and to, to be fair, I, you know, I, you know, I don't think anyone see it coming. Obviously, um, you know, fundamentally, I think there's something wrong with Anthony. But you know, it's, it's sort of rumours, isn't it? We just don't know. Um, 
I've never seen Anthony Joshua as poor as he was because he was he was he was complete dog shit. Just be honest about it. Um, so he, he was an underwhelming performance in it. <laughs> and Ruiz, he, he done what he normally does. He done it against Parker. He was, he was a difficult opponent for Parker, and he, and he showed. You know, he's not. He wasn't just to be there to just get knocked over, was he? He was. He he, he put in a great performance in, on his side, um, and Joshua was really poor. And inevitably, the final outcome was what it was. But yeah. I'm still in shock in shock myself so let's sort of dive into to what really happened then and, and obviously touch on the speculation that's come out since the event has happened so obviously the fight was going pretty I wouldn't say swimmingly but got to the third round and obviously he dropped Ruiz and then Ruiz got up and sort of sprung him into action he caught Joshua on the I think it was the temple top of the head and then Joshua's brain seemed a bit scrambled his legs went and all of a sudden Joshua was down and then from there on really he just never recovered from, from that and he just he looked a bit glazed over from that point onwards to me and Ruiz started to take over and obviously we get to the seventh round and then it happens all over again it's like are we actually seeing this happen is this really happening and you think to yourself I've I, I'm I'm a, I fell asleep I'm a dreaming that this is happening this is this is unbelievable stuff like the guy that had been completely body shamed before the fight and and given no chance in hell of winning the fight, do you know, has just come in there and dethroned Anthony Joshua, the golden goose, the guy, you know, the Olympic gold medalist, the guy that's the you know unified world champion, and, and, and now, it just like you said, it blows the bloody doors off of the heavyweight division. And for me, now, this is it, it poses some interesting questions about what's actually happened in the build-up to this fight, because the speculation, there's three different pieces of information that have come out from various sources, and I've commented on this, and I know you I think you've commented on it, I've seen it on Twitter, and my theory, my thought of theory is that you can't really sit there and speculate, because you, unless you're in Camp AJ, and unless you're AJ themselves, you're not going to really ever know what's really happened, because I don't think they'll ever admit the true story as, as to why things have actually gone wrong. And uh, what? So the three theories are then, aren't they, Johnston? We've got panic attack yeah. in the dressing room before the fight. We've got the fact he was supposedly knocked out in sparring. And what? What was the third one? Um, oh God, um, knocked out in sparring. They reckon he had slight concussion. Um, That's the one. Was it? Yeah. Did he have an illness? Was it? Uh, obviously, the, with, with a, there was some sort of. Uh, I'm not quite sure exactly what it was, but um, I mean, he, did, he didn't look right. I mean, let's be honest, he didn't. You, you look back now and you actually think, yeah, um, something weren't weren't right. And and not only that, I mean, there's no way. And for the anti-Joshua we've all been watching in in the last few years, you know, he he has produced the goods. Whether some, you know, some of the performances weren't always, um, you know, outstanding. There was always issues with with certain aspects of his of his game um and uh, and i believe that you know everybody has them everybody has something wrong somewhere along the line um uh you know whether we look at fury or wilder they've all got there's all certain aspects we can look at and we can say you know they're not so strong at this that and the other and that's where you need to target if you're going to beat these guys but for joshua to show up as poor as he did i mean i mean i always relate stuff to football all the time because obviously that's just, you know that's not my, my, my other sport but you know, you have a you have a footballer, for instance, who will you know at top of their game, and then all of a sudden he has a below uh, a below par performance. Now it's easy for them to just recover, and have a bad game, and they can come back. But it's not like he, he has. It wasn't even just a below par performance; it was dreadful. Like that is that was one. It was almost like he was 
it was starting off again as just coming out of the amateurs. It was just really strange. It was, a, I don't know, he, he didn't throw his jab. He didn't target the body. He didn't move his feet well. It, it just, it just, he was, he was asking questions in his corner, sort of saying, what, 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 what's going on? Wrong. Why do I feel like this? He, you're thinking, okay, so there's obviously something wrong. Um, and and Ruiz Junior, to his credit, he, you know, he got knocked down in, the, in that third round, and he's bounced straight back up. As you say, and it sort of shot him into gear, and he's come alive, and he's he's, he's gone straight back up. Just was clumsy. He come in, and he, you know, after knocking him down, you do expect him to just eventually just take his time and eventually just break him down, work the body, mix it up a little bit, and then and then eventually just get rid of him. And then it was just clumsy. It was just awkward. It looked bad I, I, I was lost for words and I do think honestly there's no way someone could just be that bad I, you know as I said I talk about football all, all the time but you don't have a player that just can't pass the ball and that was literally like a cook for a punch you cook for a jab I don't know Sean I just think something wasn't right and, and obviously you know he's got to look at himself as a, as a person of what he's done and, and, and the people he's working with. A lot of people are saying that. I mean, a lot of people are slagging Rob McCracken off, you know, saying, is it time to change the trainer? Is it this? Is it that? I think, to be honest with you, that, that's a bit drastic, the Rob McCracken thing. I think that's like, you've got to understand what Rob McCracken's done for, for, for British boxing and the fact that he didn't, he wasn't just in the amateur side of the game and Team GB. The guy trained Frotch for a very long time. If not, I don't know if it was all of his Frotch's career, but I know he had a huge part and influence on Kyle Frotch as a fighter. And you know, look what Kyle Frotch did, and look where he went, and look at his career. So for me, I don't know if the Ron McCracken thing is just a, a people's excuses for a poor performance. But were, were the signs there previously? I mean, I question whether there was some issues previously regarding performances in the past. Now, I I refer back to 2015 when he fought Dillian White, uh, and, and he caught that he caught that left hook that Dillian White cracked him with, and he stumbled then, and he, you know people thought he was going to get stopped then, but fortunately for, for for Joshua, he rid out the storm in that one. Again, Klitschko Klitschko fight was another one. You know, he, he made some sort of sloppy errors and ended up getting caught, and you know, really dropped heavily and managed to get his way out of that and, and beat. Klitschko in that fight so were the signs already there that he was he was vulnerable in certain situations and the fact that this fight didn't go the way he wanted it to and as soon as he got caught in that temple that scrambled his senses completely and you know if if you've ever been caught for anybody that listens if you've ever been caught in the temple uh, with a shot it you never you never fully fully recover from it you never fully recover from it and it is it's difficult to completely recover from it you could go through the rest of the fight trying to, 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 to steady yourself and, and you know continue your balance is not 100% what it was at the start of the fight put it that way for anybody that knows who's been involved in any type of martial arts or boxing will know that when you get caught in the temple it is very difficult to completely recover from you're never the 100%, 100% the same anymore in that particular instance so whether it was the case of he got caught cold and he couldn't recover from it and, and then stamina issues played a factor into it because as soon as he got knocked down as soon as he started to lay it on on the line it looked like he was blowing out of his ass and there was a few things there for me that kind of made me feel like there's conspiracy theories going around about certain things happening and some of that could be true some element of that could be true if some element of that is true then why the hell did the fight take place in the first place if 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 none of it's true and he's just put on a bad performance because he got caught then like you said Johnson he needs to go away he needs to sit down with his team and reassess the situation and come back and, and learn from it and learn from the defeat and come back stronger and, and work on areas 
that that you know he failed on in this particular fight. So I don't think all the criticism towards Rob McCracken is totally justified, to be honest with you. Given what Rob McCracken's done for Joshua since taking over from Tony Sims, oh, I, I I completely agree with you. I, I think that would be a bit of a hasty decision to to, to get rid of Rob McCracken. I completely agree with that. But if there was, so, I mean, firstly you hear that he was sparring in fight week, which is a bit of a strange. You know whether that happens or not, we don't know. I mean, these again, these are all rumours. But if that is the case, something that's a bit of a daft thing to do. So I'm not necessarily digging at Rob. I think I think the, he needs to look at the whole team. I mean, we had this, you know people put things on YouTube and and so over social media with uh, with with AJ's dad sort of having a go at Eddie in the ring as well, where you know people were suggesting that he was dead against him fighting. Um, I, I don't. I think I wouldn't necessarily blame Rob. I think he make at the end of the day. I do think Joshua does make his decisions. I, I don't think he's completely, you know, he's told what to do. What some people suggest, I don't believe that at all. I think maybe he has felt okay and just thought in his head that you know I can deal with Andy Ruiz even if I'm not at my even if I'm not at hundred um, percent. And he, so in a way, he's underestimated him. He's probably looked beyond Ruiz. Um, people questioned him as well and asked him about that. Are, are you looking further ahead? Uh, he said no, and he said that you know if anyone asked him about a sort of a question about a Wilder or a White or a Fury, he's always going to answer the questions. Um, but I, I just don't believe that he could be that bad. I mean, his punch resistance, as you've mentioned, when you look at the Klitschko fight, for instance, you know he gets up. You can see he's smiling, and he manages to, like you say, he does withstand it. And you no, know, but that there alone shows that he's got he's got enough of a chin. People will say he's chinny. I mean, that's ridiculous. He's got up into the day against that. And, and I don't believe that Klitschko's punch power had gone. I don't think he had gone that far, Klitschko. I, I do believe that was one of the best performances I've seen from Klitschko. Yeah, and I, I don't believe that Klitschko was that bad or that too far gone that that punch wasn't as hard as any other punch he threw in the last decade. So he's shown there straight away that he can take a hit. And he also with, with Dillian White, and people thought he had a bad shoulder. He got hit and he took it. He stumbled a little bit. And then even, you know, even Parker and Povetkin, there was a couple of issues, like especially that first round, that first couple of rounds with, with Povetkin. You know, he, he wasn't well. And I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I just, I don't believe someone could be that, poor with their punch resistance you, it's, unless something's happened and that's where I think the concussion makes sense and I do think he probably should have pulled out I think you know you've got these tiles on the line you, you've got to look at it and think you know I think maybe in his head he's fully thought I'll, 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 I've got this you know I don't need to be fully fit for Ruiz and he's got caught out and, and to, to the end of the day we can sit here and we can discuss Andy Joshua but Andy Ruiz deserves utmost respect you know he showed heart himself coming down knocked down in his first first knockdown in his professional career and to get up and then do what he did was outstanding. Yeah, and I'm not going to argue against that and obviously I've got to give the credit where credit is due because, you know, I was one of them guys that sat there I didn't completely body shame the guy. Obviously, I pointed out the fact that he doesn't look you like your typical heavyweight but at the end of the day, <laughs> I based my facts on what I said and I've seen of Andy Ruiz so far. So I was talking about his keys to victory were to getting close to Joshua and that's exactly what he did. He got close to him. He gave Joshua no respect in the fight and that was what was for me quite you know that was I admired the fact that he did that he didn't take a backward step at some points in that fight he took centre ring that was really interesting to see that this guy this tough Mexican American guy was out there and he didn't give a shit about the reputation of Anthony Joshua and his three belts he just came in there with a view to win and it feels like 
uh, a, a rocky story. You know, a guy comes in five weeks from from, from 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 the date of the fight. You know, he's only had five weeks to prepare for the fight. He's going in against this feared heavyweight champion of the world, and he pulls off this uh, enormous upset. And the guy's changed his life forever. No matter what happens after this, he's changed his life forever. And this will be written in the history books in boxing. So no matter what happens to Andy Ruiz's career after this, if the if the rematch does go ahead and he loses the rematch and he fades away into the distance the fact that he's dethroned the world heavyweight champion at this point of his career is is something to be completely respected and credit where credit's due and it also makes you realize that bodies don't win fights and it made me look at it and think you know we've got Andy Ruiz the world heavyweight champion of boxing uh, and Daniel Cormier the world heavyweight champion of the UFC it made me think could I actually come back and, and, and make a comeback and get into training and actually go back in, in this state because I tell you what the dad body's certainly back in <laughs> I'd say mate I mean I don't see too many people rushing to the gym you know what I mean I think looking, <laughs> looking at Henry Joshua I and mean, you look at Ruiz you think yeah passes another couple of beers and a packet of crisps please because uh, <laughs> I don't need to get any shape obviously you know Need a bit of a gas tank and some fast hands to do me, and I'll be there. I'll be everywhere about chatting in the world. But I, I mean, it, we do laugh at it. I mean, it, it is. It's not looked good for Anthony. I mean, he, he had that massive. I mean, he's been out of the ring for a long time. He's going to be ring rusty. Ruiz also, had, you know, people will say, yeah, he, he took it in sort of six weeks notice, but he had just been in a fight. You know, he was pretty much. He was in good nick. He, he, he knew what he was supposed to do, and I think he was shocked himself when he put Joshua down. I, I, I do what one thing that really irritates me though is it's just it's just the, the people go on with it. It's, it really does frustrate me here, and it just gets absolutely ridiculed for it. I, you know, I I don't understand it, and it's not just the American, you know, backing Wilder. We're talking about British British fans, British apparently British boxing fans, and they're happy to see Anthony Joshua lose. And no, I, I am a Joshua fan. I'm not gonna lie. You know, I was a bit shocked by it, and you know, a bit bit down by it. But I am with every other. British fight, whoever it is, I was down after Fury got done. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, that that was a shocker. I mean, Fury should should be world champion in a way himself after that world. That decision in America was shocking. And um, yeah, I, I just don't get that. I, I don't understand why people would be so happy about it. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, I mean, even uh, Dillian White was he was saying he wasn't, you know, Vada was sort of knocking around, so he weren't on he weren't on any uh, any PEDs. So uh, that, that's that's White version of, of why Joshua lost uh, I don't believe that um, I don't think he's that type of fighter I, I just think he's overlooked him he's out of the ring he's ring rusty you know there was obviously some sort of issues I mean a guy like that you've got, you got to target the body you've got to use a jab at least he didn't even jab his feet were off you know and as I say his punch resistance was really poor and I just don't get how someone could be that bad um, but one thing I'll say is at the end of the day Form is only temporary and class is permanent. And I do, and, and I know, uh, for me, I've watched boxing enough and I know Anthony Joshua is class. And if anyone turns around and sort of, you know, tries to say that, yeah, he got found out, I think that's low bollocks, to be honest with you. And I think that he'll come back, he'll come back stronger. And as we've always said, a loss does not mean it's the end of your career. And people to even mention the fact that he should be retiring, he's got found out and he's done, it's ridiculous. I mean, come on, he'll get his rematch and I believe he'll get himself in good nick and he'll get rid of Ruiz and then it's, it's another chapter for Anthony. Um, and, and the other thing is as well, when, when someone does lose, it's just you can understand why these fighters today won't try and sort of up their game and fight someone um, if they're going to get absolutely ridiculed in the public for losing a fight. It, it doesn't make no sense to me. And, you know, with football, you think you can recover the following week. With boxing, you've got to wait a few months, unfortunately, but... You know, pretty, pretty well credit to you, as you said, with Ruiz. Good luck to the guy. 
you know, he's a world champion. And it's up to him what he wants to do next, whether he wants to take the rematch or not. So on the back of that then, Johnson, we've got a couple of questions from one of the former guests of our show. Uh, Hamed Zaman, he's been on a few times to, to the show and he's got a couple of questions about what's happened over the weekend. And I think we've probably covered them, but I'll, I will read them out for him. So the first question he asked was about Robert McCracken. So he's asking, should Joshua get rid of his trainer McCracken? People seem to want to throw him under the bus if he wasn't listening to his trainer. And his thoughts are he doesn't believe that it's anything to do with, with McCracken or it's McCracken's fault why this has happened. But he's asking us the question, do we think we should you know we should get rid of it? And I think we've answered that question. We don't believe that. We believe what no. obviously what McCracken's done for Joshua is he's got him to where he is. Tony Sims did a great job. McCracken took over. McCracken's the one that's helped him get them three belts that he's got. So this one loss, you know, if you're dumping your trainer after one loss like this, then I don't I think that's pretty disrespectful given what Rob McCracken has achieved in the sport as a boxing trainer so no Hamed to answer your question uh, I, I certainly wouldn't say to people out there I would agree with the fact that Ron McCracken should go he's uh, he's a world class trainer he's produced world champions and he's produced amateur champions so no uh, his second question on the same subject he said has Joshua not looked the same since the Klitschko fight or is it that exaggerated he thought Joshua's impressive against Joseph Parker and against Povetkin he thought it was a great knockout against Povetkin and he both they were both legitimate top heavyweights obviously Parker was a unification fight or do you do we think that Joshua has I mean this is going to be a bold you know statement to make do we think he's declined since he's he's, has he peaked too soon is that a, a good way to put it has he peaked too soon and this is his downfall or is that just again people jumping on the bandwagon of the fact that he's He's just had this one loss. Um, I, I don't think I, I can understand where you where people would think that. Uh, possibly, um, I just I don't think he has. I, I think uh, I think the the Klitschko fight made him sort of think about his style and his approach to fights in terms of getting behind his jab and just sort of you know working his guy out, trying to figure out the puzzles if you like, and then looking to disrupt the right hand and, and, and throw his combinations and uppercuts etc. Um, but I, I suppose he has become a little bit more negative. Um, so uh, I don't, I don't think he's got. I don't. I think he will get better. I do believe that. I think this defeat will make him a better fighter, and I think they will go straight back to the straight back to camp now. Watch the videos, and, and they need to, you know, don't get rid of Rob, but but maybe tap into to, to the lights of someone like Lennox Lewis, for instance, who's, who's been through a similar thing. We've, we've had seen Ratman where he got flawed and he got done, and, and just to see what what maybe. He can bring to him, you know. You know, he's worked with Emmanuel Stewart, and it was an unbelievable trainer. And if he could just, I mean, just work behind that jab a little bit more. He also, he needed, with Ruiz, he, he could have kicked him off of him with his jab, and then just, as I say, just just worked out the puzzle, and then and then let his shots go. And I believe he would have eventually taken him out. But um, I don't believe that he's peaked too soon. I think he will get better, and I believe he will get his world title back, uh, world world titles back. Um, and I think he'll be back up there with with the rest of them, and, and they're probably all chomping at the bit to fight now. Yeah, I agree. So, I think we should move on then, and not make it all about Joshua versus Ruiz, because <laughs> the undercard yeah. was obviously stacked with other British fighters on there. Uh, another notable fight, which is, is quite interesting and quite controversial in some people's eyes, is Katie Taylor making history by winning the fourth belt in the women's lightweight division by beating Delphine Persoon, and a controversial decision by a lot of people 
people's standards. And I'll give my initial thought on that now because I've been umming and ahhing about it over the weekend. And my, my initial reaction was the fact that I felt like it was very, very close. And I think it could have been scored either way. Now, it depends on what you like in that kind of a fight, I suppose. And I think Delphine Pearson, whilst I don't think she's got the skill level of Katie Taylor, she was very, very determined, very gritty and put it on Katie Taylor a lot and wouldn't take a step back and give Katie Taylor something she'd never had in a professional career before, which was somebody that could stand up to her. And that was what was interesting about the fight. Did she do enough to completely secure a decision in that fight against Taylor? I don't think either of them did, to be honest. If I'm being totally Mm -hmm. honest, I don't think either of them kind of stood out in a sense where I feel like it was a clear three-round win for for Taylor or a clear two-round win for for Pearson. I think it was very, very close and it could have been scored either way. I can understand why people feel like there's a there's, there's a right to you know to go against the decision that's been made. But if, if Pearson would have won that, I don't think I would have argued about the fact that she won it. Do you know what I mean? And that's the way I've got to think of it. What would I would have said if Pearson would have got the decision? I probably would have said it was a close fight and either one could have won, like I've just said now. So I'm not too disheartened at the fact that Katie Taylor has, has won it. I'm glad she's won it. Yes, Pearson put a great performance on and has completely rose her stock in terms of the, the, the women's division and a potential fight and rematch with Katie Taylor has got to be on the cards. But... I'm not. I don't think it's as controversial as people make out. Um, I'm not sure what your your thoughts are on it, but for me, Katie Taylor wins. She's got all four belts in the division. She can now either rematch Pursuit or she can move on to Serrano. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I, I'm slightly different. I do think I, I think Pearson won the fight personally. I think I think Katie started off. You know, I think, I think she shaded the first sort of the beginning of the fight for like the first few rounds. I think I probably, you know, I didn't, I'm watching the fight, I didn't score it to be honest with you, so I'm looking at it as maybe sometimes, you know, you look at a fight and you think, I think Pearson won that, like I thought she'd won it and then in the end she didn't, so I was like, oh, okay, that's a bit dodgy, but maybe if I scored it, sometimes, it, you it, you know, when you look how close the rounds were, um, you probably could edge towards, I don't, do you know what, I, I don't think, Kate, I'll be honest, I don't think Kate won the fight, I think Pearson should have got got the nod by a round, by a couple of rounds, to be honest, that was just my opinion, um, I thought she looked straight. Strong. She walked her down. She, you know, where it was, it was a couple of times when Katie looked like she was in a bit of trouble. Um, last round was poor. Um, uh, I think I don't think it was a terrible decision. Something going on like it was an absolute dreadful, worst decision they've ever seen. I don't believe that. I just think Pearson deserved to win it. If anything, probably a draw. <laughs> I hate to be on, sitting on the fence here, but. I don't think Kate deserved it and I do think she got a bit of favouritism because she's, you know, a bit like Joshua, she's the money behind it, isn't she? she she's the face of it. So maybe when the judges are there, you know, even rounds, yeah, we'll give it to Katie. So maybe that's what they've done. Um, so on that note, I, I think, I don't think Kate deserved to win it. I, I think it should have been a draw or Pearson won it. I think Pearson won it. But I don't understand, I don't get why people are getting so hung up on it. Um, have a rematch and then if Pearson puts in a performance like that then um, I think she'll probably get it she'll probably get the win next time so also then on the card Callum Smith dispatched of Hassan and Dam in short sharp fashion with what was a brilliant brilliant right short right hand to finish the fight completely dismantling Hassan and Dam and he's just proving yet again to a lot of people that he is the best super middleweight in the world and the fact that he's from Britain makes it even that much more sweeter a, a great performance from Callum Smith you know he's 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 been out since he fought George Groves and 
for him to come back and just dispatch of Hassan and Dam. I said it on the preview episode. I know Hassan and Dam has spent most of his career at middleweight. Uh, he was moving up, mm-hmm. and it's the end of his career. But the guy was legitimately a world champion not too long ago, and he, he, he took some great fighters the distances. And for me to be able to dispatch him like that just just rises Callum Smith's stock even more. And for me, gives me excitement to think about the fact that Callum Smith could potentially fight guys like Canelo within the next 12 months or the Billy Joe Saunders of the division. So I am genuinely excited to see where Callum Smith now goes. But I tell you what, he looked absolutely devastating in there on Saturday night. Oh, he's brilliant. I mean, he's just so massive, isn't he, Callum? He's just huge. He's got a wonderful left hook. I mean, you know, he finished him off with that massive right that eventually flattened the dam. And to his credit, the dam was ready to fire on. I mean, that guy, that guy's got flaming heart, mate. I'm telling you, the dam is he's not, he's a tough cookie to crack. And and he put him down, oh, three times he put him down in the end, wasn't it? Um, first, second and third. And eventually the referee rightly called it off because that was a heavy, heavy knockdown. But I've loved Callum for the last two, three years. I've, he's always he's always impressed me, um, and this is, he's just so big. I'm just shocked. He's a super middleweight. He looks like a flipping light every near on cruiserweight in there. Sometimes he is massive. Um, how he gets to super middle, I don't know. But um, I'm I'm excited about him too, Sean. I've always I have. He's, he's the best of the brothers for me out of all the Smiths and um, yeah he, he looks the business he, you know he won that World Boxing Super Series and he deserved it I, I, yeah, I, I'll open it I called that early I said he'd win it I just didn't see anyone beating him I know Groves had that lovely jam people were sort of saying Groves might have done him but it's Smith's different he's just different he's, he's so big and he can, he's got a great technique and he's just got power I, I don't think Canelo will go near him I, I think Billy Joe's probably the one person that might take it um, and, I, and I think he will get in the Billy as well which would be interesting though because obviously Billy you know with his technique and how he can move about the ring um whether whether Callum can catch him, um, but that would be an interesting fight for me. I'd like to see Callum Smith against Billy Joe for me. So, what about Joshua Boatz's US debut against Marco Antonio Periban? Again, another emphatic performance for me, and another notch on his record because, again, Periban, whilst he you know he campaigned most of his career at super middleweight, even moving up to light heavyweight, he was still a name on the record and. Again, he's at the end of his career. He's in the latter end of his career. And, and, and Joshua Boatsy to go over there, put a performance on that. Again, just rises his stock. And it, for me now, with Boatsy's performance, I, I wouldn't put it past him. You know, a Boatsy Callum Johnson fight. I think that'd be an absolute cracking fight. Even this early on in Boatsy's career, I think he is a super talented fighter. And I think he, he he's ready. He's ready for the likes of Callum Johnson, regardless of what you say. I, I do genuinely believe he's a guy, when you talk about fast-tracking people, he's a guy that you can fast-track because I think he'd be ready to get in there and mix it up with pretty much anybody in the light heavyweight division. Oh, he's, he's, he's just wonderful to watch as well. I'm, I love a fan of Joshua Boetzi. I mean, he's just... I just like the way he fights, his style, the way he sort of digs them shots in. Uh, he's definitely one of the hottest prospects in British boxing. And I'm with you. I think I think Callum Johnson would probably think, oh, I, I think he, he was saying he, was gonna, he would have fought him. But obviously he ended up taking the, uh, is it the better be fight? But um, I don't know. Look, it was a great performance from Joshua. Saying that, I mean, the first round I thought he, he, he obviously, he, he looked great. I think he looked really good in the first. And he sort of rushed it a little bit. I think he was... Uh, he was eager to impress out there. So the first, the second and the third round, you could see odd flaws. He got caught a couple of times, but then um, 
you know, he was rushing his work basically, but just eager to impress. But in the fourth round, he put he he went through the gears and he showed his class and he put the guy away uh, in four. And, and again, I, I'm with you. I think I think that'd be a great fight, Baratsy Johnson. Um, and I'm re- I mean, what's it? His eleventh fight, ten fights in, and this guy is looking like he's there, isn't he? European titles maybe, or you know, he, he's definitely one to look at and one to the future for, for British boxing and. You know, Joshua, uh, Baratzi and Callum Smith, have, you know, they, they, they could be the, next, the future stars, really, they, for Britain. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I'm not going to disagree. I think a lot of people do feel the same. So just briefly touching on a couple of the other fights then, uh, just so we can cover as much as we can in this episode today. We've got, obviously, Josh Kelly picking up a draw over Ray Robinson. Uh, that was an interesting uh, an interesting outcome in that one. And I think Josh Kelly, yet again, showboating, showing off you know, doing the things that people really disliked in his previous fight, continuing them, uh, and probably underestimating Ray Robinson a little bit, and I think in that one, and, and he ended up getting the draw with, with Ray Robinson in that. What did you What did you make of that one? Did you feel that that was a justified decision in that? Did you? I mean, for me, I was wasn't really overly impressed again with Josh Kelly. I just feel like he's he's a talent, a super talent, but there's just this aura of cockiness to him that he really needs to drop him quickly. Ah, hundred percent. I mean, it's the first Southpaw his fault, but he's got a great padded, you know, a great uh, amateur career. Sorry, so. You know, fighting southpaws in the amateur levels. I mean, that that, that's, that happens quite regularly. So you, you can't really look too much at that. I think he, I think he took the first part of the fight, um, and then he sort of that, that seventh round really weird. He just sort of stayed in the corner and just let uh, Robinson just unload on him, and he ended up getting caught and cut. Um, so I, I think, as you say, he's great to watch when when he's in the groove. He really is a good fighter to watch and admire in the way he can sort of you know avoid a shot and then come back with, with iron. It really does look good. But yeah. I, I just think he he allowed Robinson to come back into the fight, um, and probably a draw was just just deserved. You probably could go six four, couldn't you? I get what Booth is probably saying with it being America. That's why they didn't get the nod, maybe. Um, but I'm, I think he's too flashy. He's a knockout on the head, and just just when he's when he's in the groove, I think about the sort of fifth six round, he, he looks brilliant, and that's what you want. None of this sort of just standing there and shine your chin and try to show off and. Tend you can take a shot. You're not going to win fights like that, unfortunately. So, yeah, I, I think he's a good talent. He just needs to to stop with the stupid sort of dodging around and just 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 do what you know we know he's good at and uh, and just basically see, see a fight through. He just switched off, I think. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what it is with him, and I think I hope I hope things change for him because I do like the guy. I think he's a super talented, super talented kid, and I think he can go really, really far in the sport. He's just the last two fights have really they've lost more fans than they've gained, I think, and that that's been the problem with it. Uh, finally, then Tommy Coyle and Algeria was a, a step too far, and I did say this on the preview episode. I was talking about the fact that this might be a little bit of a step too far for Tommy Coyle, but he'll go in there and he'll give it his all, and he did, and he's shown absolute balls and heart to get in there but Algeria was a complete class above Tommy Coyle and it's shown and, and I think one of the most good th- greatest things to come out of that night on that card was the fact that Jamie Moore made the complete correct decision to, to, to pull Tommy Coyle out at that point of the fight where he was just getting completely outgunned, outboxed and being made to look a little bit silly at times and I think he'd made the right decision by pulling his fighter out to save him for another day because Tommy Coyle can still come back on the domestic scene and still be in some cracking wars before he decides to call it a day and I, 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 can't, I can't not fault the guy for wanting to test himself against the best. Remember who this guy's been in with, the Errol Spences, the Manny Pacquiao's, you're forgetting about 
that. And I was saying this on the preview episode on Thursday, Friday time, that this is what people forget. You know, sometimes fighters can try and push themselves to that world level. But, you know, this is where they really get found out. We just got... You know, Tommy Cole got the opportunity to prove he could try and go a step further, and it just wasn't to be. And fair play to Jamie Moore for pulling him out. Oh, completely agree with Jamie's decision. Um, I think I think Cole's Cole's opportunity was that second round when he when he hurt Algeria, and I thought he had to take him. Then he had to at least put him down. Um, and it like he could have done. Um, I think that was Tommy's only way of winning the fight was taking him out early. And to sort of Algeria's credit, he, he recovered well and then come back and obviously caught him with that body shot, which took the took the sales out of Tommy. And yeah, you know, he gritted his teeth, didn't he? And sort of said, "Come on, let's have it." Because <laughs> he's, he's that he's that type of character. He's a nice guy and he's well liked. Um, and, he, and he's always going to wear his art obviously he's going to give you 100% so I can understand why he was frustrated that Jamie pulled him out at the time looking back in hindsight he probably watched the fight back and he will be like yeah Jamie done the right thing so yeah I'm with you I just, just a step too far for Tommy and as you say he can easily do the domestic route um, and he's a good fighter it, you know he, he could pick up a title or two over here and, and give some of the younger fighters a, a good good fight um, and I don't think it's time for him to sort of hang him up yet I just think it was just just a bit you know, it, the class was just it was on show, wasn't it? And it just wasn't good enough, unfortunately, for Tommy. So that I think that's about it for, for for that particular card. That was as much as I managed to get round to completely watching over the weekend and just really looking at the fallout of of Joshua Ruiz and, and obviously the aftermath of that. Now we've discussed it briefly earlier on in the show, but we were talking about the fact that you know they're looking at putting this rematch on, and today it's been confirmed that there's going to be exercising his rematch clause, and they're looking at November December time, and they're looking at trying to get it back over here in the UK, which I think is probably the right move. It will it will sell. And I've said this previous times on previous episodes that you could put a broomstick in the ring with Anthony Joshua at Wembley and it would sell out because of the name and the brand that they've built with him. And this will make it even that much more sweeter in terms of pound signs and dollar bills coming into Eddie Hearn's pocket because people are going to want to see this. People are going to want to see whether AJ can come back from this defeat and beat Ruiz and, and, and whether Ruiz is not just a fluke and he can come there and just have Anthony Joshua's number. So I am I mean, I'm happy that. They've, they've, they've jumped on the back of it straight away and they're not leaving it to settle too long before they say, right, we're getting this rematch on straight away. It's happening, it's happening at the end of the year. I, I'm happy with that. I don't know about you, but I feel like that's that's the right thing to do. I think he, he has to exercise these demons. He has to go away, reassess, recoup and come back uh, and, and try to retain yeah. his titles. Oh, 100%. I think in the rematch, literally straight after, already mentioned it, didn't he? He said he's going to rematch be back in London, in England. Obviously, in the clause, it probably says if if you if you do win the fight, the rematch will be in in, in London, Wembley, possibly, um, hopefully, and um, yeah, and, and whether he wants, I mean, I don't think he, I'm not too sure what, what Eddie would have put in there. Whether he could actually, if he could just tra- backtrack on it, I, I think Al Heyman's his boy, isn't he? So I mean, whether Al Heyman, obviously, he's got them all now. He's got Wilder, Amaris, he's got all the belts at heavyweight, isn't he? and whether. He would pay Joshua or Hearn off to get Ruiz and um, Wilder in the ring. I mean, that's a possibility. I don't think. I think personally, I think Ruiz isn't that type of guy. Even if he's got sort of a couple of sort of divs in his ear, sort of giving him no, no leave, don't don't do the rematch. I think he, he's, he's not. He's not shooting enough. He's going to get a large share of that money. He's going to get. You know, he's going to millions, millions. Just come over here and fight Andy Joshua. Whether the one interesting thing though is whether you'll have all three belts on the on the line. I don't think they will. That all three will be on there. I, I believe either the IBF or the WBO, if not both, are going to get stripped off him. The way it's looking at the moment. I'm, 
and what I'm hearing through the grapevine. I hope the IBF doesn't, because if the IBF does get stripped, then you're looking at probably Pulev and Ajit Kabal, or maybe uh, Adam Kunaki. Any one of them three fighting against each other for the IBF vacant belt, which I wouldn't like. If you're going to take one of him, I'd rather him take the WBO, because it puts Usyk straight in, because he's the number one contender. And who is the next one in line? Dillian White. I mean, how lovely would that be? Usyk against uh, Dillian White uh, for the WBO title. And I think if one of them's going to go... Uh, you know, it's not a bad thing. I think, you know, Joshua's lost the fight, he's lost three, he's going to probably end up losing at least one of them. Um, that might give him the kick up the arse, kick up the backside to make sure he gets his arse in gear, in camp, make sure he's 100% fit. And I think if that is the case, then he will be he claim whatever's left, basically. Well, I think you've just pretty much mapped out every fan's dream for the next 12 months with the fact that everybody wants to see these types of things happening within the heavyweight scene at the moment. And I think it would be good. It would be good to see some of these fights happen that you've referred to there. But like you say, it's, it's so difficult with the politics that goes on in boxing. We really don't know how it'll all end up. But no, I think that, that sort of sums up our assessment of Joshua Ruiz and the undercard for that. And just wanted to take the last few moments of the episode really to touch on next weekend's action. And to be honest, there isn't a great deal of it. It's quite a quiet week. It's it's all about the fallout of obviously Joshua Ruiz. But this weekend, Gennady Golovkin returns to the ring to face undefeated Steve Rolls. A guy who most casual fans will probably go, who the hell is he? But he's an undefeated fighter who's coming in there with Golovkin. Golovkin looking to get a victory to then look to go into a, a third fight with Canelo in September time. It's been talked about a lot over the past couple of weeks that that's definitely going to happen if Golovkin comes through that fight on Saturday night. And then you were mentioning to me earlier uh, one that I completely overlooked the fact that Oscar Valdez is back in the ring as well. Yeah, yeah, Oscar Valdez against Jason Sanchez. Uh, he's ranked sort of 131 in the world on box rec. Uh, he's an American guy, 16th in America, ranked 16th in America. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be pretty straightforward for Oscar Valdez. Saying that, I mean, we can't, you know, you, you can't say it's, it's a given. I think this probably is. Um, I, I'm expecting Valdez to sort of wipe him out in the first, anything sort of two, three and six. I mean, you never know. Uh, it, anything's possible. Um, I hope he does win. And I hope he wins for a week. And then we'll get an Oscar Valdez right and fight great when I need so that's it then. There's nothing else for us to cover in this reaction show to Joshua versus Ruiz. Johnston, as always, thank you for coming on the show today, giving us your insight and your take on what happened over the weekend in what was one of the biggest upsets in boxing history for sure. Definitely going to go down uh, as a Tyson Douglas for sure in the heavyweight division. So guys, if you've enjoyed listening to this reaction show and you want to check us out more, you can find us on Twitter at BTR Boxing Pod and Facebook at BTR Boxing Podcast. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM. We're everywhere. We're all over social media. Go and find us. Listen to the episodes. Give us your take on what you think about this whole Joshua Ruiz situation. And you can find myself on social media. You can find me on Twitter at, I've changed it, it's now I am Basto. I've not changed it to uh, what it was. And yourself, which is Jono SE23, correct? That's right. Yeah, that's the one. So that's it, guys. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next episode of BTR Boxing Podcast. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatton rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick you
Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.